0: We are, we are glad that you are here today. Um, we are thankful that we get to walk out a journey together. And, and if you've been with us for the past few weeks, um, you know that um, we are now 14 days into um, our journey that... We wrap around the, what they call the Lord's Prayer, but reality is the Lord's Prayer is really probably better the disciples' prayer because it comes in a context where they said, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus goes, okay, if I'm going to teach you how to pray. Here's how you do it. And, and so we've been wrapped around that idea. And for 14 days now, um, if you joined us on day one, um, if you didn't, it's okay. We're not judging you, but you need to do it. Um, but... Starting on day one, if you set an alarm three times a day, we started at 6 p.m., 9 a.m., 1 p.m. Um, three times a day, just set an alarm, and when it goes off, um, pray through whether word for word or content of the Lord's prayer. Uh, the the goal behind it. I, I don't know about you, but I am not a prayer warrior. Like, like, I just know that about myself. Like, like I've seen prayer warriors, you know, they're up at 4 a.m. and their knees are calloused and, and they may get up by 6 a.m. or they may just keep going. Um, that is a gift. And and yet at the same time, I know how vital prayer is. And so for me, like one of the things that I know I could use more of in my life is a healthy habit of prayer. And, and so this, this whole thing of three times a day, I, it's been interesting because that alarm goes whether you're ready or not. You know, you know what I mean? Like this week I was on a 65-foot lift and the alarm goes, and I'm like, really, Lord? I don't think it's safe if I start praying right now. Um, but but reality is there's been moments where I'm like, man, we're in the middle of something, and we'll stop and pray. And, and there's been such value to creating a habit um, that, that is that is healthy just because I don't know about you, like, like just being real honest, um, my days are busy. I'm sure yours are, and it can be really easy to go through a day and go, "Man, I didn't stop and talk to you really at all today." Um, and so, as a prayed professional, I'm admitting that. Um, so I'll just pack my things now, Bob. Okay. Um, but but the idea is that that we could all use we could all use. Um, And it's vital that we have a strong, as a family, a church family, as followers of Jesus, a strong prayer life. We've talked about how that works over the last few weeks. And and today we're going to dive into the Lord's Prayer again. And we're going to speak specifically around um, some of the concepts in there. But we're going to try and create um, uh, um, a sentence um, because I have a question for you before we start. Do you believe... Wow, good. You don't even know what I'm going to ask you yet. That the Steelers will win the Super Bowl. Um, do you believe that today God has something for you to do? Okay. Based on that answer, if that's you, and if you're in the room and you're like, I don't know, that's okay. They're, like, like that, That's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you're here and you're going... I know that God has something for me today, then what I want to do is now use prayer as a support to that. Um, I was 23 years old, so be nice to me, okay? Um, I'm just giving you a context of the story I'm about to tell you. At 23 years old, my wife was pregnant. And at 23 years old, like, I didn't understand what happens when they get pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, um, we're talking, you know, that morning sickness that is lunchtime sickness, that is afternoon sickness, that is evening sickness, that is just you're sick all the time. Like, like I, I'm not even joking right now, like seven times a day she's throwing up. Now, let me give you a little more context of 23 year old John. We were in missionary training and we did not have a bathroom in our house. We had a puke bucket for my wife. And 23 year old John got to walk downstairs with the puke bucket to clean it out, to bring it back up, to let my wife, Now I'm going, God, the woman I married, like, like when I stood there and she's the perfect woman, you didn't tell me there'd be days like this. You didn't tell me that there'd be puke buckets. You didn't tell me that she turned into an alien and we call it Pregnancy. And and so we're 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 doing this thing, you know, in in this one day. It it was it was seven times. Not that I was counting, seven times. Um speaking of prayer life, I had a really good one on the way downstairs. God don't let me puke. Um but but she 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 uh I'd emptied the bucket and I'm like, Hey baby, um you need anything? And really I was going, I'm gonna go play basketball. So uh and and it was pickup, so it was an important game, you know what I'm saying? Um Baby, you need anything right now? Uh, I just love some Sprite. We don't have any Sprite. And the store is 15 minutes away. But baby, whatever you want, I'll go get it. So I jump in the car. I'm not going 15 minutes. I got to pick up basketball to play, right? So, so I get to the store, the, the gas station, and they only have seven up. 7-Up, Sprite, it's all the same, right? I come home, uh, I got 7-Up. Hey, baby, I got you. That's not Sprite. Sure isn't. I want Sprite. Okay. And so we go to the store and we get Sprite, right? Or I go to the store and we, I don't know who the we was. I went to the store and I got Sprite, bring it back. And um, and then I went and played the end of the basketball game. You know what I mean? Like the guys were disappointed. Uh, You ever go to the, you ever have those moments where you're, you're supposed to do something and and you know, you're supposed to do it. Like, like, you know, that, that like you've been asked whether it's by your wife or, or by a friend or by someone. And they ask you like going to the grocery store, right? Like pick out specific things and you get there. And, and because of the conversation, you know what you need when you get there. Because of the conversation, there is a direct action that comes out of that conversation. So if she wants Sprite, 7 Up will not work. And so, in this context, when it comes to what the belief that God today, you have something for me to do. What I want to talk about is how prayer helps us actually live that out. And so if you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to say it because I can say it one more time because this is the last weekend of the series. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. We are praying at 6 p.m. Why? Because it's Matthew chapter 6 And we are praying at 9 a.m. Why? Because it's verse 9 where it starts. And we are ending at, we're doing it again at 1 p.m., which is 13 on a 24 hour clock, which is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Just in case you need to remember. There we go. This then is how you should pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now we've gone over this the last few weeks, and there's a tendency that when, when we do this in church, that you hear this verse and you're like, Ah, we heard this sermon two weeks in a row. Like, okay, this isn't the same sermon. Let me let me help you out that way. Um, but when we talk about the Lord's Prayer. It's so vital because it is God Himself going, Hey, if you want to talk to me, here's how you do it. And what's encouraging with this is the way it begins then, our Father in heaven. um, Did you know that just, just by being able to say our Father, it creates, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it's so vital that we don't miss this, it creates a relationship. It declares a relationship. And so maybe in, in creating our first kind of line of our sentence, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We'll, we'll say this about that sentence. That prayer is the catalyst for trusting God. That that if you have something, if God has something for you today, then your beginning point in living that out is that prayer is actually the beginning point of trusting God. If you're here today and you're like, man, I don't know if I trust God, then I got good news for you. Begin by praying. That if you would begin by praying, what you'll find is your trust of God naturally grows. Here's what I mean. If you go, let's, let's personalize it. My father, what have I instantly done with God? I've I've personalized it and I've declared myself as a child of God. Yes, I am, right? So I've personalized it and gone, I am a child of God. And now, in the midst of that, what I do next is I declare who he is, the nature. Ron talked about this last week. I talked about it the week before. You declare the nature of God, his goodness, his mercy, his grace, like whatever aspects, love, whatever you need, justice. You declare those. What I'm actually doing is prayer is now the catalyst. It's the spark. It's the beginning point for me to go, God, I am now, as I pray, I cannot pray without building my trust in you. It's impossible to pray without building your trust in who God is. Because you have to declare who he is to even pray to him. Even if you just went, I don't believe in that our father thing. I'm just going to say God. You already declared him to be who? God, right? So you already declared your trust level to him. So, so by praying, what happens instantly, it's a catalyst that begins in a moment, a spark, a beginning, whatever you want to call that. All of a sudden, your trust has to grow. And then it carries on back in Matthew. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so that, that word will is interesting because, because in two different places, it, it's two different words in the original language. In this case, it's saying, God, you have a purposed outcome. You have a desired outcome. And I am asking you to bring your already purposed outcome where on Earth Now, earth is interesting because we have the holistic earth, right? We we all exist on planet earth. We're all in this together, right? But then there's this aspect of it's not that we're all in this together, but you. So so that's true. But then you also have a space that is your earth. You have a space that is your earth home you have a space that i will never enter into same as you will never enter into my space like like the idea is that you have been given a, a place to plant your feet that that you belong and when you begin to say god your will be done on earth you're saying your will god in my my space around my moments around me god your will be. okay so here's what happens right God goes, okay, there are things that I will take care of. What I, what I mean by that is like the purposed outcome. I don't know if you've read the rest of the book, but here's a spoiler alert. God wins, right? Like he's, he wins every time. Every time you get to the end of the book, he wins every time. That purposed outcome, you can't stop. That purposed outcome will not be thwarted. Why? Because God, thwarted, that's a good word. Um, because God will bring it to pass. So now there are moments in, in this time and space where God looks at you, though, and goes, I have things for you to do, to bring my purpose about. And, and so maybe in building our sentence, we could say it this way. Prayer is the catalyst for trusting God into directed action, that God has directed actions for you today. That God has on earth, on earth, in your space, God has directed actions. How do I live out those actions? I begin with prayer because that builds my trust of God. Because probably what he's asking you to do is bigger than who you are. And those directed actions that he's calling you to, that you get to live out in the different spaces that he's put you into. You're going to need a strong reliance on God, which comes from prayer, to even be able to go, God, lead me into those directed actions. Now, James, James captures this. James is another book of the Bible, um, the half brother of Jesus. But in James chapter one, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you... All right, let's go old school. James chapter (laughs) 1. Ready? You guys didn't think I knew how to use my Bible, huh? (laughs) If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Those who doubt should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded and unstable in all that they do. So, so James, by the way, if, you, if you've never read James, um, James didn't believe Jesus was Jesus till after Jesus conquered death and was raised to life. And then he believed Jesus was Jesus. And then that changed everything for James. And, and what you get with James, if you ever want to read the book of James, wear a hard hat. Because he literally will hit you with a two by four. He doesn't, there's like no flowery language. He just says it like it is. And so when he says to us, hey, if you lack, first of all, if I'm, like Ron said last week, prayer puts me in a posture of humility. If I lack something, I'm taking a humble position going, I don't have it all together. And, and so what he says is if, if anyone lacks wisdom, that word wisdom, by the way, is understanding that leads to action. So, so he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, if anyone lacks understanding for a situation, which the context of where he's talking is trials and tribulation and perseverance and making it through, but it also applies to any aspect of life, that if you are going to walk with Jesus and you are going to walk into those directed actions he has for you, then you probably need wisdom, now here's the thing, I don't know about you, but I like verses where I go, you tell me to do that, and if I do it, that's the outcome. Anybody like those kind of verses? Like we're not, we're not cutting short, James, James is great, he goes, if you lack wisdom, ask, right, and God will give it. Okay, that's a promise. Now he says, when you ask, don't ask with doubt, don't, don't be like, God, I, I know you can do this. Like, no, you go, God, I, I know you can do this. I'm asking you to do it. And when it involves wisdom that is understanding that will lead you to action, he gives it. You know what else James says? Hey, if you hear the word, then do it. So now you've got this, hey, I'm asking for wisdom in the action that you're given, that is directed action that God gives you. So in prayer, I'm asking and God gives you a directed action through wisdom, then the next step is what? You to step up and do it. And so, so now if we jump back to Matthew chapter 6, which I see our screens are still... Uh, it's time for the remodel. So back in Matthew chapter 6 now, what happens is, so you've got prayer as a catalyst for what? Prayer as a catalyst For trusting God into directed action. So we pray. That becomes the spark that gives us trust to step into the directed action. Why? Why? Because if you finish out the Lord's Prayer, it goes something like this. Give us today our daily bread. Give us when? Today. Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation. So the context is still today. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so now, as we build out our sentence further, that if prayer is the catalyst for trusting God into directed action, then what happens is, the finishing off part of that, is that in a life that is short. Here's what I mean. The last part of the Lord's Prayer is about today. If you follow the words of Jesus, Jesus talks constantly about don't worry about what? Tomorrow, because today's got enough. Live today. Right? And and so Jesus was constantly talking about today. In the midst of that then, in in the idea of prayer, it's pray. Why? So my trust builds. Why? So that God leads me into directed actions which actually bring his kingdom to the the world that I live in. It brings his will here. Why? Why? do it today. Why? Because life is short. James, the half brother of Jesus, who just says it like it is, um, he picks up on this in James chapter four. In James four, he says, now listen to you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money why you don't even know what will happen why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead you ought to say if it is the lord's will we will live or do this or that as it is you boast in your arrogant schemes such boasting is evil so then if you do if you know the good you ought to do and do not do it you sin so so hold up if you pray and god tells you something and god leads you into directed action and you don't do it according to james it's sin and he's not even like James doesn't even pull the punch of hey you could you could wait you could wait if you want to and get to it eventually. Because right before that he says this. You are a mist. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then Vanishes. So, so this is the guy that grew up with Jesus. That when he's talking about our life, he goes, "You're you're just a you're just a vapor. You're just a mist." Sorry, is it getting you? I just keep squirting. The of them, um, but you you are you are a mist. Prayer prayer is the catalyst for trusting God. Why? Because he will lead you into directed actions. What are those directed actions about? Seeing his kingdom come. So his directed actions, by the way, if you want to know if you're hearing from God or not, his directed actions will always back up what his word says. That, that's your confidence. The minute you know that it lines up with the word of God, you got to go. So, so young people in the room, I'm going to burst your bubble real quick. You ready? The Bible talks about sex being good inside of marriage not outside of it. That's a directed action that you can pray about. I guarantee you, you'll hear the same thing. Inside your vapor today, what is God calling you to? Sexual purity. Um, that, that gossip is bad inside of your vapor today. God is calling you to live what? In control of your tongue, which James talks an awful lot about, by the way. That, that, that when, when my life, we talk about my life and what it is, we started out going, does God have something for you today? Quite a few people said yes. That means inside of that vapor that is today. That vapor, that's all you're guaranteed is that moment. That in that vapor today, I'm going to step into the directed actions that God has. Because when I pray, God will speak. And when God speaks, then I have a response I get to respond that inside of the mist, we could do this all day long, inside of the mist, that the Bible says that's our life. So the question is, what directed action does God have for you today? Because the mist is gone. And so prayer becomes the catalyst. Prayer becomes the spark. Prayer becomes the moment. And in that moment, my trust builds in this God. As my trust builds in this God, he then shows me how his kingdom wants to come through me. And so now I have a moment to step into. And if you don't do it today, you don't know if you get tomorrow. One last thought on this whole thing. Because Jesus actually lives out the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. In verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place, place called Gethsemane, which, by the way, Gethsemane was believed to be, um, the word Gethsemane means an oil press, and, and so there was an olive grove that, that, that was there. And so what happened is, it's believed that Jesus took his disciples there to this place that's, that's known by name as an oil press. Why is that significant? Because just before this, Jesus has been in a room where we do communion. That is where that room came out of. Jesus is going, this is my last meal with you guys. He leaves that meal and he goes out and now he's on the the Mount of Olives and he's in a place called Gethsemane and it's believed to be on the Western Slope, which means he could see Jerusalem. And, And as he's there, this takes place. He took Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him and began, began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed. So Jesus speaking, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and get this, he Pray. This is Jesus now. Jesus is the one that taught us how to pray. Jesus now prays. Guess how he starts? My Father. What is he doing in that moment? He's connecting on a relationship basis. By the way, did you know you've been given the greatest privilege on the entire planet? Those of you that know Jesus today... Those of you that have said yes to Jesus, I believe in you. You have saved me. You have given me life. You have the greatest privilege known in humanity. You know what it is? That you can walk into the throne room of God Almighty. You can walk in. You don't need a priest to grab your hand and take you in. You don't need some paid professional to get you there. In fact, on a 65-foot boom lift, you can stand there and you can walk into the throne room of God. Why? Because it's a privilege that was given to you by Jesus. You get to call him dad. You get to declare I'm a child of God. I'm standing here, God, as a child of yours. Jesus did the same thing. You're in good hands, by the way, because what Jesus taught us how to pray, he turns around and he does it in his most, one of his, the cross was probably more painful, but one of his most painful moments, Jesus goes, hey, the same model I gave you, I'm using. There's not a secret one for this moment. And he says, my father, if it is possible. Okay, he's questioning right now. He, he's, he's known the plan all of eternity, but now the plan is coming down. Because this moment, like, like, what's weighing on this moment is, is Jesus. Jesus in this moment. Life itself is about to become death. Death. Holiness and perfection is about to become scarred and marred by sin. A perfect relationship with his father is about to be broken because sin breaks relationships every single time. And now in this moment where he's weighing that life will become death, that holiness will become sin, and for him in this moment that he knows when he goes through with this, the relationship between him and his father is gonna be fractured and broken and separated. He's asking, is it possible? So he's praying. My father, trust His bill, is it possible? He's talking about directed action. Is it possible that this cup, this cup, these actions, that I'm going to become sin. that second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 talks about how he became, he who knew no sin became sin. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God. That this cup may be taken from me. Catch his last words. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So he goes, Hey, I see the directed action before me. I don't like it. Like, like just humanizing, I think this is the moment where Jesus goes, Man, is this really the plan? Can we go with plan B? <laughs> I, I think it's it's the moment when for me, if I'm real honest, I love this Jesus. Because, man, there's things that Jesus tells me that when I pray and he, he tells me, man, you need to do this, John. I'm like, really? I'll do anything else, just not that. And he goes, John, walk it. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for one hour? Then he, at, he asked Peter, watch and pray, Remember the Lord's Prayer? Remember the end of it? Lead us not into... Listen to what he tells them. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What Jesus is saying in this moment is, hey, I know your spirit is you'll do anything and you'll go anywhere and you will fight to the end with me. And if I tell you to do something, you'll do it. But you need to understand, well, your spirit is strong. Your flesh is weak. You need God, your father. You need trust in him to step into the directed actions that he, whoa, almost fell off stage. Directed actions that he has for you. That you need confidence in him. That's why prayer is so important because it builds trust in God before the action, the direct action comes. Notice what happens when he goes back the second time. He went away a second time, verse 42. My father, so he prays again, went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken, he's changed. It's shifted in Jesus. He's not questioning now. He's going, it's not possible to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. May your will be done. May your will be done. Just in a moment of honesty, like you're not always going to find what you like in following Jesus. You're going to have a lot of moments where you don't want to. And yet, if there's anything we learn from a habit of prayer, is that the habit of prayer is actually what builds the trust to follow him into whatever he leads. And so, and just as an encouragement to you today. if you, we, we all were here when we started, at least I think we were. Um, we started out with a question, right? And the question was, do you believe that God has something for you to do today? Do you believe that the mist that is your life, that in that today, he's got something for you? If that is so, if that is so, then my encouragement to you is build your prayer life. Because in building your prayer life, it will lead you into the directed action because today is the day. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so what is he calling you to today? What is he calling you to today? A week ago... Um, had something happen to me that I've never had happen in my entire life. Um, I was sitting with a young man, and I say young man, he's 32. That makes me old. Um, but I'm sitting with him, and, and my heart is breaking for his story. Like, I'm sitting there in and, and just overwhelming burden, going, God, this isn't what you intended for him. And he began to share with me just just stuff that was going on. And we talked for a long time. And then he got to the end and he goes, hey, can I tell you something? And I'm like, anything, whatever you want. He goes, I had a dream that I believe God gave me. He goes, I don't know what it means, but I think it's important. And he began to lay out this dream. and, And I actually verbalized, I'm not Joseph, but I'll do my best. And in that moment, James 1 5 came to mind. That if any of you lacks wisdom, what? Ask. And I began to pray, going, God, you say that if I lack wisdom, if I ask you, you will give it. And so, God, I'm not doubting. I've never been here before. I don't know what it looks like to tell this man what this is, but God, I need wisdom. Got done with the conversation. Gave him best godly advice I knew how. Walked away from that moment. And you got to know, like, when I walk away from a weekend, God has blessed me with the ability. I don't think about conversations. I'm able to sleep and rest. Don't know why it's that way. Just how God made me. 2.30, last Sunday night, which would have been Monday morning, I guess. um, Wide awake. And God goes, it means this and this and this and this and this and this. Email him. And I went... Okay, this is weird, God, because I don't know if I'm like in that middle phase of sleeping or like what's going on right now. But um, this is weird. But God, I'm going to trust you that I'm not going to get up right now, that if this is real, I will remember everything crystal clear in the morning. And I went back to sleep, slept like a baby, woke up next morning, got out my computer and began to email him back. And as I'm emailing him, more detail is coming. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask, and God will direct your steps. I want to be a church that believes that God can do anything. I want to to be in a church that believes that when we get to Easter next Sunday, we can shout as loud as we possibly can because the tomb is empty and no one can stand against. I want to believe that the Jesus that's in the garden that he's praying, that we get to model that church that we get to live that life, that it wasn't just for Jesus because he was God. I believe that as a son of God, we get to live the life that Jesus put in front. The question is, will you step into your mist today? Because you don't know if the mist is there tomorrow. And if you will, what has he got for you? And go ahead by prayer. So God, we come before you. God, thank you that you're not limited in any way, shape, or form. Thank you for being the God of miracles. Thank you for being the God who has a purposed outcome. Thank you for being a God that has rescued a group of ragtag people like us. Thank you for growing our faith moment by moment. Thank you for the gift of prayer today. Thank you for the gift of having a life that is a mist today. Thank you that our mist has not run out today. Thank you for being the God that goes before us. Thank you for a tomb that is empty that we will celebrate. Thank you for being a God that has conquered death. Thank you for being a God that tells us that you win. Thank you for being a God that our future is secure. Thank you for being a God that we can follow today with everything we've got wherever you lead today. Because you are God and our trust is in you. And everybody said, amen.